Welcome to the Travel Pulse podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Tuesday, February 2nd. Happy February and happy Travel Tuesday. It's a new era of the Travel Pulse podcast. If it's your first time listening, thank you for tuning in. If you're a regular listener, thanks for carrying over to the, the new era here, originally hosted by Mark Murphy, the founder of Travel Pulse. He sold the company to North Star Travel, took his money and millions and rode off to the sunset for, for now. Uh, then me and Dan Callahan revived the show over a year ago, and now it's just me. Was Dan is off to pursue his dream in the stand-up comedy world, so we wish him the best there. But the show must go on. I will be bringing on guests from all over the travel industry to discuss what's trending in the world of travel and give you tips and insights and all sorts of good stuff. This week, travel advisor Tyson Wharton will join me before, uh, but before that, I have to share the whirlwind of a week that I just had. If you listened last week, I was talking about uh, talking about going to Jamaica, traveling to Jamaica for work, checking out the Sandals South Coast, new swim-up suites there, um, provided that my required COVID-19 test came back negative. Tuesday morning, I took the test, and then Thursday morning, I got the results that nobody wants to see. Positive. In bright red letters, all caps. Scary situation. Uh, I had no symptoms, though, and I, but I still immediately, I just sank, you know? But you got to move forward. So I, I settled into the quarantine, you know, ready to write out the 10 days and trying to find the positives and all this. I, I didn't have any symptoms. I felt good. You know, it, it, got to move on, right? But then Saturday comes on. Saturday morning, I wake up to another lab result email. I never got a second test. So I'm thinking, why do I have this in my inbox? Is this spam? What, what's going on? Let me check this out. I open it up. It's actually the same lab. And they're sending me results that now say negative. So like, what in the world is going on here? I'm, I'm panicking. I know I'm like... I have no idea what's going on. Am I, am I positive? Am I negative? So I call the clinic. I end up getting a second test. They tell me to come in. I get tested. And uh, they, I'm going to have to wait and find out on Monday. But on Sunday, I get a call from the lab. And they had actually not talked to the clinic or anything. Didn't even know I had already scheduled a second test. But they recommended I get a second test. And I was like, do you communicate with people? I guess not. Anyway, uh, small world here, though. That act, The lady that called me actually lives in my neighborhood. So pretty crazy. But she tells me my test was abnormal. They sent it off to the lab in New Jersey. Uh, the first, first, first test was in run in Georgia and came back at an abnormal positive. They, so they sent it off to a different one along with uh, like 90, over 90 other positive tests. Only two came back as being negative from that like 90 plus, and I happened to be one of them. So I got the second test results that came back on Monday. And among the best words I think anyone can read during a pandemic, not detected. So I'm all clear. I guess it was a positive. I don't, maybe it wasn't, maybe I did have it. Uh, I emailed the rep from the lab that I was communicating with on Sunday, and uh, the lab, they're pretty insistent that I likely did have it. So this, uh, this is what she emailed back. Listen to this. I do feel like you were positive on the first run and possibly at the end of it. It's so hard to say. It's very difficult to have false positives, but it can happen, just not probable. So there's that. Uh, no Jamaica for now. I'll reschedule. So TVD on that. I want to you know, be able to provide you what's going on in Jamaica and uh, do an on-location podcast and all that stuff. Um but even if it was just a false positive, I, I can't risk traveling right now. It, it wouldn't be responsible. Got to practice what I preach here and be a responsible traveler. And that just wouldn't be the right situation. So uh, I'll get there. But, you know, enough of story time for now. Let's get on to what is trending in the world of travel. And with that, travel advisor Tyson Wharton joins me on the Travel Pulse podcast. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you for jumping on. Hey, sir. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. So Tyson, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got in the industry before we get into uh, what's trending. 
Sure. Yeah, I started uh, my company, Sioux Empire Travel, here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, about three and a half years ago. My wife was a travel agent, and we wanted to do things a little bit differently here in our area. And so we uh, started and never looked back. So it's a crazy time in travel, but I'm still loving it. It's good, man. Yeah, a little husband-wife team. That's pretty cool. You don't see that too often, so... Awesome. Um, well, happy uh, happy Travel Tuesday to you. Happy Groundhog Day. The yeah, uh, the, yeah National Tater Tot Day as well. So um, gonna be talking a lot of stuff. What's trending in the world of travel? And Tyson had a few clients recently uh, experience the um, on-site testing experience at uh, an all-inclusive resort. So we'll dive into that in a little bit. But uh, let's dive first into what is trending in the world of travel and what a week it was in travel, man. We'll start with the, the biggest surprise news that happened last week. Um, first, before we kind of jump into uh, some U.S. stuff and then get into your uh, client's experience with on-site testing. But first, Canada, our neighbors to the north, announced heavy travel restrictions, mandatory hotel quarantine for visitors entering Canada. And they also banned travel to Mexico and the Caribbean, which really surprised me. That's banned, I think, through April 30th there. So huge news up there. Tyson, odds that the U.S. would follow suit in something similar to this. What do you think? So I've, I actually asked this to Bonnie Lee, who owns TravelQuest um, in Minneapolis, and a couple other agents. And everyone's just like, I think after the year we've had, they're just like, prepare for it. <laughs> like, we don't know if it could happen, but look at everything else that's happened. So prepare for it. I really didn't think Canada would do this. So um, yeah, I'm just fully prepared. I've seen some, some agents say it's kind of like March all over again, just the uncertainty and what to do and how long this right. lasts. And right. Yeah. yeah. March, March, 2020, 2.0, unfortunately, it's got that, yeah. got that vibe, got that feeling. I mean, many in the travel industry have opposed mandatory quarantines and said that the focus should right. remain on testing and then, you know, getting people the vaccine that want it. So I agree with that. This is a huge blow to Canada. Uh, feel for all the agents up there. I reached out to some too that, um, they're, yeah, they're struggling with this. So I, I hope that they can bail out their travel advisors on this. Cause I'm sure they'll, they'll bail out their airlines. Uh, just as the U S right. did personally, I don't see the U S doing something similar to this though. Uh, airlines would be crushed. They would need even more money than the billions that they've already been or they've already received from the previous stimulus packages and yeah industry would be devastated we've already seen uh the all-inclusive resorts kind of bend over backwards to meet these testing requirements so that would be another huge crush to them too so i don't know that it would happen but uh, meanwhile here in the u.s the u.s state department is recommending not to travel and u.s is uh the biden administration is considering mandatory COVID tests for uh, domestic flights. Now we've already got that in place for international flights and coming back from, you know, the Mexico or the Caribbean, which is where most people are traveling right now. Uh, if they are traveling, that is so uh, mandatory COVID test for domestic flights is on the table. Don't know if that'll happen because many in the travel industry are pushing back against that. The airlines on leading the charge on that, as well as ASTA, the American Society of Travel Advisors leading the way, calling it unwarranted. So you've got also got some advisors reaching out and contacting their legislators about this and other things in the industry. So what about you, Tyson, as an advisor, what are your thoughts on the possibility of mandatory COVID tests for domestic flights? I just, uh, you know, you see these uh, news stories about they're selling these tests in the airports now and Delta has these tests. And and so, again, part of me says this, this can't happen, <laughs> but part of me says anything can happen now. I, I really don't think it would happen because you'd have to get two tests then, right? You'd have to, to leave your state, go to another state, get another test to come back. Um, and that would probably be at the expense of yourself, I assume. Nobody's going to step up like the resistance right. and cover these tests. So then you have an added expense. 
I, I really, really hope that they don't do that, but never say I'm never. with you. Well, yeah, never say never. Yeah, yeah. We're in 21 now, and the unpredictable is uh, you got to be ready for anything. It seems. So I, I'm with you. I don't think that would happen personally. I think. I mean, yeah. I do think people should get tested before they travel, but I don't think that the government should be mandating that for the U.S. flights. The logistics of all of that, and not to, it's going to be would be crazy. Like you mentioned, getting a test before you go, and then wherever you end up at, you got to get another test before you get back on. Like the logistics is crazy of that. Not to mention the money that it would cost to do all of that. Not for just for the individual, but but also the airlines and all the logistics they would have to put up through with that. Uh, and then we, you could, you know, use that money that could be used towards vaccine distribution. You know, I, I think we're, I think we are headed probably for mandatory vaccine passports for international travel. And who knows, maybe they would do mandatory vaccine for domestic flights, but mandatory tests right now. I don't, I don't think that's the right move. I think. Uh, I don't either. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, in, international travel is, impacted greatly by this and whether or not they do the domestic flight mandatory test, they, they have that for the international in place. And you've had some clients who recently traveled and experienced what the on-site testing at an all-inclusive resort was like. So uh, what did they report back, man? How, how did it go for them? Yeah. So I had uh, clients stay at Secrets Aqua Mall, and then I had clients also stay at the Majestic uh, Elegance Costa Mujeres. Um, so Aqua Mall, I mean, AMR bent over backwards. Like you've seen that they're saying that they're they're giving you testing and and quarantine on site. Um, from what my clients had told me, they pretty much made an appointment with their concierge. They were given tests in the one of the ballrooms that they have um, there, and it was really easy. Um, at Secrets Aquamall, they had a, a nasal swab test. Um, now the majestic was a little bit different. Majestic, they charged them um, to have the test, and that was thirty-two dollars for. And they took cash or card. They said it only they would get results in twenty minutes, but they didn't. It took about ten hours to get the results at the majestic. Um, and the resort printed off everything, but the majestic did throat. Uh, swabs down the, the larynx. So I mm. don't know the difference of the testing. I, I tried to find that out, but um, they said that everything was easy. The concierge did pretty much everything for them. They just had to show up for the appointment, take the test. The one thing that I messaged them about that I saw on Facebook a lot was that some of the written tests from the resorts didn't have their birth dates on them. And if their birth date wasn't on them, that was a real problem at the airport when they were checking them. So I oh. went right to my clients and said, Hey, make sure that your birth date is on that test. And then, and then they, they made sure of that. And then they didn't have any problems at the airport. Good. Interesting. Yeah. I know with uh, what I was supposed to do at Sandals, you know, being thought I was going to be in Jamaica that would have been, I was already, they had already kind of scheduled up for me to do it on February 3rd and they were going to come to my room. So I know that some, it, it varies based on which hotel you're going to stay at. If you are going to do that, or if you, if you have clients there, you got to kind of know that um, ahead of time. So good, good to reach out. But um, what do you think advisors should be informing their clients um, about this experience? And what, what would you say you learned kind of from the whole thing here um, yeah. now that this is just officially, officially launched? Well, um, besides that birth date thing, uh, an interesting thing that my client told me was that at the airport, so they check in with somebody at the airline desk, they show their passport test results and a form that they have to fill out there at the airport. Um, and then all of those forms are looked at by an, uh, an official and then all stapled together and wrote 
okayed on them. The only problem that they had was that the husband of um, one of the couples at, at Majestic, he had a letter from his doctor stating that he had COVID and he could safely travel. And what they said was um, that they were at the counter at the airport for about 20 minutes um, checking their documents and they had to get a manager's approval for the U.S. doctor's letter and results. And they said it probably would have saved them about a half an hour to 45 minutes at the airport if they would have just gotten the test versus the doctor's note. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also they said, uh, and this isn't with the testing, but as soon as um, January 26th hit, the, the resorts were like a ghost town. They said they went from, you know, they were there a couple of days before the 26th and it seemed like most of the resort left by the 26th. Oh, <laughs> and, yeah. Getting out before, yeah, yeah, before the new rules. Op- yeah. They said Secrets Aqua Mall, there was only about, um, they thought maybe 50 people at the resort after the 26th. And so then uh, they also went to Orange while they were there. And so they closed the swim-up bars at Secrets Aqua Mall. They closed the sports bar at Secrets Aqua Mall. And then they said any bar that didn't serve food, they had to close except for the lobby bar. And so that affected their trip a little bit, you know, just that they were at the swim up bar for a couple of days and then all of a sudden it's gone, you know, for the rest yeah. of the So that maybe is something to let your clients know that it's back down to orange and it's at 30% occupancy. And, and some of the stuff that we were encountering, you know, August, September at the resorts is back in place. If you have some picky clients that really need a swim up bar for sure. Yeah. A lot, a lot is being impacted with all this stuff going on. So what about, um, what about customs when they came back in through, did they say anything about, you know, the, the experience on that with the, with the U S side, um, coming in, did anything change there? Anything feel different? Nope. They went through Minneapolis, uh, back to Sioux Falls and they didn't have any problems with anything. So it was kind of normal for that. So they just showed all their papers that they had and they kept everything with them. Um, which is what I told them to do. And everything was stapled together anyways um, at the Cancun airport. So they, they said it was easy. For, they were more worried about the experience, everything taking so long or them not doing anything right. But they said there was help every step of the way from concierge at the resort to people helping out at the airports. So they weren't really lost in the whole process. They said it was really easy. Yeah, that, no, that, that's good. That's good. I, I've heard that from a few other agents too, who kind of uh, one agent traveled and experienced it herself and others had some clients too that, uh, yeah, once you enter into the US and the custom side, they, they didn't even look at any paper. They didn't seem to care. It was just straight through, you know, show me your passport. All right. Yep. Same basic questions and then you're on your way. So. And my client at Secrets Aquamall also said that because they're, they're, they're they were there right at the beginning when they were doing this. So I think things will change and, and be better. But they said that they went and took their test um, and they were in and out within five minutes. But they said that they would email the results to the clients. But then they went back on that and said that they had to do it written in envelopes. So I don't think that they'll be um, notifying people by email at all, at least with AMR. It sounded like they had to go all the way back. Um, they went and got an envelope from the concierge and everything was written on it. And that's how they got the results. So it wasn't digitally. They had to get a written form for it. Okay. And so I think they changed that up um, while they were there because then other people weren't told to uh, get the results through an email. They were just told you'll get it in a sealed envelope with your, with your test results. 
Interesting. Yeah, it definitely varies based upon where you're going to go or where you're going to send your clients at. So interesting right. insights for sure. So yeah, um, yeah any other final takeaways you, you, you think just from the entire experience? I mean, I think the testing, uh, it went better than I thought it would, especially right at the start. So I think a couple weeks go down, it's going to be a really slick process. The only reservation I have with some of my clients is, are they getting that full experience going back down to orange, you know, uh, being at the 30% occupancy and things closed and the testing on top of it, is that going to affect people's um, decision to go? My clients, I have about nine leaving um, the country here in the next three weeks. And I would say half are canceling and half are going through with it. So I'm at about a 50-50 split on my clients. Gotcha. Yeah. Other advisors listening, uh, email podcast at travelpulse.com. Let me know how the experience has been going for you and uh, how it's affecting your clients as well. So a lot, a lot going on there with that testing policy, lots of notes. So definitely some good insights. So I appreciate that, Tyson. Um, Moving on to what else is training in the world of travel. We've got some other good stuff to talk about. Continuing on with airline news and let me know if this impacted your clients at all either. Uh, Well, it just went into effect today. The TSA, um, the the new mandate, the government mandate of masks, which planes already had this on. So I'm sure your clients are fine, but um, TSA workers are granted the authority now to enforce Biden's administration's mask mandate. And that mandate went into effect today, February 20, uh, February 2nd, excuse me. Um, That will probably lead to some interesting encounters that we're bound to see recorded via cell phone footage. Um, There there was no phone footage of this, of this, this past week, actually, we had a face mask dispute that led to 20 members of one family being kicked off a flight. Can you name that state, Tyson? Uh, no, I didn't see what state it was. Shoot. Take a guess. What do, what do you think? 20 members off one flight, mask dispute. <laughs> I don't want to say mine because I'd get in trouble. So I'm, I'm going to say Florida. I've, I, that, is, that is a very fair guess. Yes, Florida man stories are, are wild. If you've actually never Googled Florida man and your birthday, you should because it's pretty much a guarantee that a crazy headline will come up. Uh, but no, actually, it was not Florida. It was the state of Utah. And it was, it, it sounds crazier than it actually was just to base up on the actual story of it. But um, there was a bit of a face mask dispute. An angry passenger kind of called this uh, one family out. They had um, 10 adults and 10 kids. And yeah, it was a bit of a mess, but uh, it was actually in Utah. So, um, but not, I wanted to see if you would, uh, would have guessed Florida. And I, I thought that uh, that might be where you did. So fair guess for guess for, for sure. So, uh, <laughs> but is, yeah. I would hate to be that travel agent. <laughs> oh, geez. 20 people yeah. getting kicked off a plane. Oh, yeah. The dilemma there. So uh, yeah. you mentioned this in other airline news. You did mention a little bit about this um, earlier. Delta, they've added home test delivery and they have uh, new digital tools to help customers with COVID travel requirements. So we mentioned on last week's show that um, I was pondering when Delta would do this because you already had United with their Verify app and I mean, excuse me, American with their Verify app. And then United came out and added kind of new tools to their digital landscape. Um, and now Delta has jumped on that and, and finally uh with that. So, and then, you know, got at home testing is now going to be a thing. They can send it to you. And now o- uh, Oakland is now the first U S airport to offer COVID test via vending machine. I think it's going to cost like $140. Uh, I don't know that I would buy a COVID test from a vending machine there. That would, uh, that seems like it might be like just set up for emergency situations, but certainly an interesting dynamic and uh, interesting place where we're at in uh, travel though. Do you have a COVID test via vending machine? Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm totally for this, that there should be readily available testing for anybody who wants to travel. 
uh, I'm just kind of the, the mandated government stuff is where it, it gets to me a little bit. But I think this is great if, if we can just have these simple tests to, and make sure that they work and we can get on and off travel really fast. I think that's the best way of combating this, especially some of these measures to keep people from stop traveling. I'd rather have them travel safely um, with, with readily available tests all the time. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So, and just kind of rounding out airline news before we jump into uh, some very intriguing new news that just dropped this morning in the, in the cruise world. Uh, first, we have to talk about the crazy week that was in the stock market last week because it did impact travel a little bit. Airlines, they reported their Q4 results recently and no surprise, they reported billions in losses for 2020. They got bailouts and actually just to, to today, the union um, aviation industry is asking for another 15 billion, go figure. Uh, but Damn. however, American Airlines is trying to cash in on the crazy stock market frenzy that was last week. Uh, it took a rise in uh, their stock took a rise thanks to some craziness um, from day traders from Reddit. If you didn't, if you missed uh, the stock market craziness stories of last week, there, you know, day traders from Reddit kind of uh, flooded the market there for GameStop and uh, took off like wildfire and all this. And a few other companies kind of benefited from all that uh, day trading craziness. And American Airlines was one of them. And they announced that they, a new plan to sell up to $1.1 billion worth of shares. So interesting stock market craziness. Did you, uh, did you catch any of that story last week, Tyson? Oh, I was loving all of it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And hey, if they want to sell their stock and make some money and, and not have us bail them out, go for it, you know? Right. Yeah. I'm all for that. I thought that was that was great that they could, uh, yeah, they, they found a way to capitalize on it. So so good for American Airlines there. So uh, moving on to cruise news as we wrap up the show here. Uh, worst case scenario, this uh, being a prediction by Port Canaveral, is that cruising will resume in July. So what say you, Tyson? What is your prediction for cruising? Are you a big cruiser? I am not. I uh, like cruising, um, but I'm not. I have a cruise expert um, at Sioux Empire Travel, so he he does all the cruising. And we've had a lot of conversations about this, and I've had it with other agents. And I think we're all just hesitant to say yes. This summer, it looks like we're cruising because it just keeps getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. But I actually booked a... Um, uh, a European river cruise for the end of July. So, and I really want this family to be on this cruise. So I have fingers crossed that hopefully July, everything can get back to normal. I know that they've, they've done some vaccination um, news with some of these cruises, right? That they are going to require some vaccinations on either passengers or staff or uh, yeah, that's not fully announced um, industry-wide yet, but it just right. happened this morning. We had the first U.S. cruise line came out with that, which brings us to the to the next spot here um, of news. American Queen Steamboat Company and Victory Cruise Lines issued a mandate that all passengers and crew will have to um, provide proof of COVID-19 vaccine within the p- previous 14 days uh, in order to board. So this is um, this is big. You know, we already had we had one that we talked about a few weeks ago as a UK-based tour operator. They do sales to people 50 and older, but American Queen Steamboat jumping out in front and getting on this. Um, what's, your, what's your take there? You think um, cruise, cruising should have mandatory vaccines? Yeah, I think it's the future. Uh, whether it's good or not, I know some people have some issues about you know mandates and, and things like that, but um, especially on those cruise ships, it's just about safety and people's safety. And if, if it needs vaccinations to get that done, I think that's the best. Um, I, if there's just, I, I've heard arguments on the, on the other side of this. It's like, well, if we have to do that, are they going to mandate flu shots next? Because what if a flu outbreak is on the boat? You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, well, where do you stop 
the vaccinations of, of um, at least guests on the boat. I don't know if they will um, make that mandatory, but a lot of people think just travel in general, you're going to need the vaccine. I'm, I'm with you on that. I think that's probably where we're headed is, is there will be mandatory vaccines. I mentioned that a little earlier in the show. Cruise-wise itself, a lot of agents are on the fence um, one way or the other about this. Um, we're writing a story about this in progress now because that American Queen uh, story broke this morning. So we've got some reactions coming up and reaching out to agents. Uh, so any advisors listening, uh, reach out podcast at travelpulse.com. Let me know your thoughts on whether the cruise industry should do that. I'm very intrigued to see how the big ocean liners with Royal Caribbean um, Norwegian and Carnival, how they're going to react to this. If this puts pressure on them to announce it and get this in motion. And then do you also do testing on top of this or is it just have the vaccine and you're good to go? Where, where do they go? We, cruise lines haven't had a chance to, they had all these protocols and these things set in place and, but they never got a chance to really, or haven't yet had a chance to do that. But you know, if they do launch out in May, which is when they're uh, currently scheduled to if, if they don't push back again and they actually do get off in May and the worst case scenario of July um, isn't right. the correct prediction, then, you know, not everyone will have access to the vaccine by May. So then they got to stick with the testing. And then, but if they do end up pushing back and they don't get out in the waters until July, that, you know, the hope is that everyone who wants the vaccine can have it then. And then do you mandate that? And and I put that question out on, on Twitter and I got a, um, uh, John, travel agent um, follower friend, he, uh, he messaged and said he, he thinks the uh, cruise line should do it. He doesn't know what they're waiting for and um, yeah. should do it before the CDC mandates it. So yeah, that, that could be something potentially that the cruise lines have to face. They seem to be kind of going with the flow of what uh, the CDC will allow them to do. They're kind of just stuck right now. And it's interesting if the CDC will do that or if cruise lines will say, you know what, we're, we're going to mandate this and we'll set this in motion. And then, then you have to ask, well, how long, is that, you know, a mandate and it gets into so many right. questions and scenarios of, of how you handle that. But yeah, I've seen a lot of mixed reviews from, from cruise uh, specialists. And uh, if you're a regular travel too, you know, then let me know what your thoughts are too, if you're a big fan of cruising. Yeah. And it's, it, if they really want to get into business again, I mean, that's probably going to be the easiest way to do it. I think is just making everyone feel safe on that boat. Definitely. Yeah. They, the cruising has kind of faced a, a stigma of, you know, the, the floating Petri dish is what a lot of people yeah. like to, you know, crap on them. So to speak for lack of better word there, but uh, <laughs> I, I mean, they, there has, there are some outbreaks that have happened, you know, pre pre pandemic, pre COVID, all this stuff, you know, you had the norovirus outbreaks that have happened and people get sad. Myself, I, I got sick on a cruise, but I would still go on a cruise. If it's the vaccine is going to be mandatory, then yeah, I would get it and get on there and, you know, tell the people how, how, what my experience is, but I do enjoy cruises. I like river cruises more than I like ocean cruises, but I'm going to be on either one uh, when, when we can get going on this. And um, yeah, American Queen Steamboat, if you're listening, I'd love to jump on your, your first cruise out and uh, I'll get that vaccine and, and get going with it to uh, tell the people what the experience is like. But yeah, yeah I'll with you. Why not? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Let's party it up on the American <laughs> Queen Steamboat and you know, river party. That, that would be a lot of fun. So that we did. Yeah. I don't know if uh, American Queen will do this, but um, Princess Cruises announced that they put a sports book. They're putting a sports book um, on their on one of their on their one of their ships. Um, so you can nice. bet on sports games and that whether whether or not um, other ocean lines or other cruise lines follow that with, with some gambling aspects of it. I, I did think that was pretty, pretty yeah, interesting. Right. So. Well, that pretty much wraps up what was trending in the world of travel this week and, and our show here. So thank you again to Tyson for joining. Uh, any any final thoughts um, on travel in general or final closing 
closing remarks from you. Uh, you can tell people how to get in touch with you or, or follow you as well for your, for your business too. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, I just want to thank you for having me. Um, yeah, you can reach us at uh, suempiretravel.com or we're on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I just want other agents to uh, know that you're not the crazy one. We're all in this together. <laughs> you know, I always, I, I see a lot of agents who are just, I can't take one more hit. You know, they say that I can't, this is the final nail in the coffin. And you just got to keep pulling through and, and good things will happen. Good things are coming. I, I mean, people want to get out there. They want to travel. They want to book with you. We just have to get through all this nonsense first. And I think we're all going to have really bright futures. Definitely. Love it, man. Yeah. I think that's where we're headed to pent up demand. And yeah, any agents listening, you know, find your support group. There's other agents out there. Like Tyson said, you're, you're all going through this. So find a support group, lean on each other through these tough times and uh, we'll, we'll get through it. Thanks again to Tyson for joining on the podcast today. If you'd like to be on the show in the future, podcast at travelpulse.com is the best way to reach me and let me know what you specialize in, what you could bring to the table and why you think you'd be a good addition to be on the show sometime. So let me know. If you enjoyed listening today in this new era of the Travel Pulse podcast of just me, your host, Eric Bowman, taking over, leave me a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, If you have any other feedback, you know how to reach me. You know the email, podcast at travelpulse.com. Thanks for listening and have a great week.